1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's a big and wild outdoor. Sorry, we were still looking at uh, available gator permits while we were online during the break.
2: John- Jonathan has hope. <laughs> Jonathan
1: you know? does have hope. There's plenty available well, up, he's there up there. They should
2: be scouting Clay up in Calhoun County.
1: Calhoun County's got uh, tags available. I mean, he
2: could he... get a deer for the kid and a gator in the same day. There you
1: go. So it's all done, taking care of things. Well, speaking of a man who takes care of business. We want to talk to this gentleman for sure, Mister Dave Winters of Black Dagger Military Hunt Club. Good morning, Dave. How are you, sir?
3: Hey, good morning. What a great day it is to be in Florida, nice and warm. Got a little breeze going on here, and uh, and got some fishing uh, fishing planned pretty soon.
1: I know. I uh, I you know your first annual red snapper tournament's coming up on uh, what June fifteenth? Is that right? June fifteenth. Yeah, the, the uh, for the folks
3: that are coming up and competing in the tournament, uh, the captains' meetings on the fifteenth, which is Friday, uh, fishing Saturday, and part of Sunday, and I think the final weigh-in is at one. All the information is on our website, but this is a great opportunity to uh, to get folks that love to red snapper fish or just to fish, but to interact with some of America's most injured uh, uh, war veterans. So we're bringing up uh, a bunch of veterans and some active duty that are still in the fight. Uh, just for a weekend of fun, we got some captains up there that have donated their boats, uh, but it, we just like to get, our key is getting veterans back outdoors and connected to their community. So this yep. is where are kind of putting the plea out there, hey, uh, community, if you want to just kind of connect and show your support of the military, this is a great event to talk into. Well, it's only $150 to register your boat.
1: Uh, I know that you guys, uh, we always talk about the, the difference that Black Dagger does because you guys... It doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to be hunting, per se. I mean, it could just be a day out in the woods, or uh, if some guy wanted to go bird-watching uh, with his family, I mean, you guys will make that kind of stuff happen. And uh, I think that uh, this Red Snapper Tournament, I, I think this is the first one I've ever seen before where you actually have uh, not only hook and line, but also spearfishing uh, all in the same uh, in the same tournament. That's pretty awesome to be able to do that.
3: Yeah. And it's just a it's a and it gives you just a different uh, uh, a different flavor. So you have folks underwater fishing with their spears, and we got some. We actually have a couple of the uh, combat wounded veterans that will be spear fishing. So uh, just a neat uh, opportunity. Great prizes. Uh, we've got a couple of spear guns that are for first and second prize that are thousand dollars. They're they're just absolutely beautiful. In fact, one of them is done in red, white, and blue. Uh, to awesome. show the support of the military, so
1: that's cool, man. Well, I know that uh, it's all going to be happening on June fifteenth. Uh, that's the day of the captain's meeting, uh, but it goes all the way through to the seventeenth for the whole weekend. So it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? Yeah,
3: hey, uh, Panama City. Uh, we're going to be launching out, and the veterans will be staying at the uh, the Bay Point uh, Sheridan. Uh, they've opened up their doors and given us a great price, and uh, we're just going to. The weigh-ins are there. It's just going to be an absolute wonderful time.
1: Well, I know that, uh, that water off that area of the coast, it's so different than it is here off the west coast of Florida, off of St. Petersburg Clearwater. Uh, I always, I never could understand that why our water is so brown and so tannic and everything else with all the mangroves. And you get up there around that neck of the woods and the water's beautiful. In certain years, it's blue and it's got that green. There's great waves. It's, it's just, it's more oceany for some reason. It just, it's so, very it's beautiful it, up there. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. Yeah. One of the neat things also is the the whole
3: tournament uh, was the brainchild, and he's actually uh, actually doing a lot of the logistic work on it is a uh, is it a wounded green beret. So he lives up there and he said, "Dave, he came out with us hunting uh, and uh, and he actually did two uh, two hunts with us and said, "You know what? I want to give back." So th- that's just the heart of these guys, you know, they they love what folks do for them, but they also want to give back. They want to find that new mission. So this Green Beret has been hitting the ground hard, and and now we just need to get behind them. Uh, we need to get some boats signed up.
1: Very nice. Now uh, for uh, incentive wise, what are you looking at for uh, payout and all that kind of stuff for the winners of the tournament and all that kind of good stuff? I know you mentioned well, the spear well, the, guns
3: for the spear fishermen, Like I said, uh, the first and second prize are going to be a thousand dollar spear gun. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, uh, the hook and line, we have a, a Five or six hundred dollar beautiful, uh, Yeti light cooler from Glock. Uh, and first prize is going to be, and uh, we're still looking for it. So if there's someone out there who'd like to make a donation, we're looking for a nice pen, uh, rod and reel. So if you know somebody or if someone'd like to donate one, if not, we're going to have to, to, uh, purchase it out of the, some of the proceeds.
1: Well, I'm interested in the Yeti one. Is it, it please tell me it's, a, it's a black Yeti that has Glock actually on it.
3: Now it's a white Yeti with black lettering that says Glock on it, oh, but it's pretty, but, pretty awesome. That That's a collectible now. I was going to say, if it was a black <laughs> but, but one, you know what? we could we could get some spray paint good for you. <laughs> we could spray paint it and, and get some white lettering and spray paint it.
1: Sure, why not? It'll look good. Let's put the Glock symbol on there. It'd be awesome. <laughs> well, now, uh, how many are you going to, are you do, limiting it to uh, a certain number of boats, or are you just going to say, hey, look, if 50,000 people show up, we'll take them, or oh, what's the deal?
3: I think we had a limit on the how many people signed up, but I think it was like twenty-five boats. So we, I think we only have three or four. That's why we're just kind of getting on the radio waves to see if we can get some more folks in the community. We know that our community loves veterans, and we just want to let them know that hey, here's an opportunity for one hundred and fifty bucks. Bring your boat up there for the weekend and just cheer these guys on. And, uh, and just have a great time of fellowship with them.
1: Well, now, I, I mean, if somebody can't make it, uh, if they can't go up there, they can always donate, right? They can always throw a it, couple it, bucks it, you yeah Here's the great thing.
3: Uh, so if you can't make it, just want to stand with these veterans, we've actually, on our sign-up, and the link you've posted on your page, uh, and they can go to our website, blackdaggermhc.org, and there's a tab for Red Snapper. They can go into the sign-up, and you can sponsor a room for one veteran for one night. For one hundred and fifty dollars.
1: Very nice. That's awesome. Now, also, I know it says on your uh, on your tournament page that there's tickets available. So, what is that? So, that's for registration, all that stuff for.
3: Yes. So it's all online through Unation. They just go and register. Everything is online.
1: Okay. Very nice. Well, that's awesome. Well, now, what are you guys going to do for Gators this year, man? Are you guys going to get some Gators, uh, get some guys out on the boat? We
3: got a couple guys. In fact, we have a a really neat uh, older guy that uh, he's 75 years old. He says, Dave, I want to bring out some veterans Gatoring. Uh, He he comes out to our events. I know you might have seen some of the pictures, but he's got a World War II Marine Jeep vintage. And this year, he wants to bring a couple veterans out Peter hunting.
1: Oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. You, sh- you should get Bill George out there to, sh- to show him how it's done correctly. Yeah. But if you yeah, we some- all,
3: hey, here's the thing. We always love anybody to just uh, to tag us or to reach out to us and say, hey, we'd like to do an event, and uh, we can bring two veterans or one, and we'll, we'll link them up with a veteran. Yeah. So, uh, and, and our veterans, we, get, uh, we work with a community partner with James A. Haley VA Hospital, uh, so we work with their adaptive sports, uh, and we work with their spinal cord injury unit. We're probably one of the only nonprofits in the United States that are actively shooting and hunting with blind and paralyzed veterans. That's true. So, uh, And then we work with the United States Special Operations Care Coalition. So we uh, we work with their wounded over from McDill Air Force Base.
1: Well, I, I've always said, I don't know when you have fine time to eat, man, because I think <laughs> you're one of the busiest guys in the entire world. You're still active duty, right. you still go out there, and you still volunteer your time, and and do all that stuff, and, uh, I mean, it's... Well, I'm not I'm not active
3: duty. I'm retired. I still work full-time. I'm over at McDale Air Force Base at one of the, uh, commands over there. You're uh, making money. Like right out. now, I just stopped halfway through my yard, uh, mowing my yard to <laughs> talk to you guys, and then I have to finish my yard, and I'm going to a memorial service for Garrett Goodwin, and I don't know if you saw. He was a veteran that, uh, died of a massive heart attack, so his, his, uh, his memorial service is 11 today, so, uh, okay. just keep his family and your thoughts and prayers today. Uh... But, uh, so yeah, it's going to be a busy day.
1: Wow. Hey,
2: the, um, the, I got a question. Have you reached out to FWC? You know, they have that R3 program. Do they, do they know about some of what you're doing out there?
3: I don't know, but if you could connect us, I would love that. Yeah. They've
2: they, got a whole program where they're looking to get more people involved in the outdoors via hunting and fishing. And they've actually hired somebody on the hunting side and somebody on the fishing side to look at. The different ways of getting more people involved and, and with what you're doing and getting that particular you know group of people out there might might be of interest and that may be able they can help you and you can help them. So I
3: would love that. Hey, hey, this year November seventeenth, we want to invite your team out to. You came out before to our. Seventh annual Military Heroes Top Shot Competition at the Sheriff's Range in Hillsborough County. We'd love for you to come out and broadcast in the morning. I know sometimes it's a little loud with the gunfire going off, but I know you guys love our veterans. I'd love for you guys to come out this year, November 17th. Uh, It's just a great time. We get 20 veterans, uh, 10 from the VA and 10 from the SOCOM Care Coalition come out. Uh, and And if you've never seen a blind veteran or a paralyzed veteran, Competing in a shooting competition, it warms your heart.
1: It was, uh, we had a great I time. That, I man. did, too. I... It was nice and cool. It was a great morning out there. But I thought you didn't want us to come back because we just shot out, shot all those, uh, you know, those military guys. <laughs> we made <didn't> them look bad.
3: <laughs> no, no. Hey, you got you know, this is what makes, you know, we're an all-volunteer nonprofit. We could not operate without folks like you in, in our community that just say, hey, listen, we know Black Dagger. they don't take a salary. Uh, They don't use fundraising companies. The only way they're going to keep going is for us to stand with them. And we truly appreciate your team at Big and Wild Outdoors standing with us, and the veterans do, too.
2: And and Dave from uh, this Bill from G Gator Gear, we turn around. If you got people who are doing gator hunts for those people, if we can help out with some of the supplies, I don't know how they're doing it. If they're do- hooking them and bring them up, but we we will always help to support and get product out to those who are doing those type of hunts, so that they're not doing all the burden themselves. So, oh,
3: thank you so much. So at right. least, well, you- guys, you know what? This is what uh, makes you know. A lot of folks don't like to hear this, but this is what makes America great, when just a couple Americans can get on the phone, get on the radio, and broadcast out to a a community and to to a listening audience that loves their veterans Loves America, and the way to make America great again is to stand with our military community, yeah. stand with our military men and women, especially the ones that have come back and are injured.
1: Yeah, yes. but, well, we wouldn't be here without them. I mean, I look at it that way. I mean, we—it's it's, uh, well, we
3: might be, but we might be starving and uh, and uh, we're in prison
2: <laughs> and, and speaking
3: German or some yeah, other yeah,
4: language.
1: We don't have German just accents. Just look
3: around. You know, folks just need to look around. I've lived all over the world, and there is no other place like America.
1: You, That—that's that, it. I oh, no that note dave i can't make it any better we appreciate your call uh we do have our link up on facebook page and if you need more information all you have to do is go and uh, search it on google black dagger military hunt club and it'll take you straight to their website dave i hope you get a thousand people for this thing man have a great time all right thanks for the call hey thanks so much guys have a great day god bless you god god bless america yes sir get back to mowing that lawn man you got work to do today (laughs) I'm halfway done. See you, buddy. All right, we are the Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, Again, if you want to help them out, go to BlackDaggerMilitaryHuntClub.org or just go search it and you'll find it. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and, of course, the great folks out of Brandon Ford. Stay with us, you guys. Welcome back, everybody, Big and Wild Outdoors. We appreciate you joining us in here this morning in the studio. We are Braden Gunn, Glenn Kimmon, Bill George is back from PA up there uh, slaughtering all their turkeys. Just a few. He and his uh, nephew and all of his other kin up there uh, just uh, wiping out the entire turkey population of Pennsylvania, as he likes to call it. (laughs) Pennsylvania. We took some
2: really, really good birds. You know? I, I
1: saw the one that was your nephew, yeah. the hippie yeah. with the long hair. He, uh, <laughs> that's
5: the young version of the Bill Georgie <laughs> oh, family. young that,
1: Bill Georgie. And yeah. uh, so what was his bird? What did it look like? It was a big eastern? Uh, it, it, was a, it was a real nice
2: eastern. It had a 10-inch beard. A uh, two-year-old bird it only had uh, three-quarter-inch spurs. But Holden hunted hard with me for an, a number of days. You know, I, I killed a bird and... Uh, then it was all holding, and so we were we were out sitting together. But this particular bird didn't gobble on the roost in the morning, and we knew he had, was in the area, so we went ahead and and set up. And the bird, I put out a decoy, which is I hadn't been doing a whole lot, but put the decoy out in a a, a um, gas line it mowed gas line, and is, this gobbler and hen came up out of the bottom stepped into that gas line, and she saw that decoy.
1: When you say gas line, are you talking about an easement? Yeah, it's it's uh, okay. where they
2: they buried a, right, a natural pipeline. gas line, okay. pipeline under, underground. Okay, And that hen saw that dang decoy out there and commenced to coming in hot. And she beat that decoy up, knocked it off the dang stake, everything.
1: A hen decoy?
2: Yes. And the hen, well... The gobbler was coming right behind her, and then he gets up there and starts strutting for this decoy that's now laying on the ground. Well, now you know
1: why that girl was beating her up. She's like, oh, "I got my man with me. There's no way you get out of here, Correct. floozy, and, out here messing around with and, my man."
2: And we were we were sitting up against a really big tree, and I could just feel Holden shaking, and that that to me was was. I enjoy when somebody gets that feeling, you know, that you're just—it's so intense. And that turkey standing out there at thirty yards, strutting, and we were waiting for him to stick his head up, or and that the hen was right behind him. And it's like you can't shoot, you can't shoot. Finally, the hen cleared out from behind him, and he turned and gave us a shot at that the whole neck area. And I said, "Go ahead, shoot him." Boom. What he hit it with? My gun. What but, shot were you using? Number six shot, just straight up three six, and half, three and a half long beard, uh, you know, shells. And it, Bill it, ain't messing around. It, yeah, yeah.
1: You made that kid shoot a three and a half inch at thirty yards, yeah. seriously.
2: But the bad what thing the was, heck? two days earlier, he had a he had. We were hunting with another friend at that time, and we turned around, had one of the biggest birds this guy has seen all year long at forty yards, standing there. And he didn't realize Holden was had my gun at that point. And <laughs> that gun will easily shoot out at 50 if you needed to. And easily. There, and, and there's that turkey standing at 40 yards and then let him walk.
1: <laughs> now, that did uh, did Holden, young Holden, did he even remember pulling the trigger? Or was he was already uh, so zoned out and shaking and freaking out that he didn't even remember? Oh, it? no. He
2: knew. He knew. It. You go out there and you get your turkey and that. But we, we were just. Oh, so excited. And Is that his first one ever? It's his first bird up in Pennsylvania. Uh, I, a couple years ago, got him one on a youth hunt down here. And let's just say he got so excited then that um, bowels were an issue.
1: <laughs> hey, crazy. Hey, <Z. laughs> but I'm just saying. It uh, might have been the fact that you're making him shoot a three and a half inch at but It was a little yards. worried.
2: But when you turn around and you see somebody with that much excitement and, you know, it's just it just makes me so proud and happy to be part of that.
1: You That's know? one of those things where when you ask somebody, it's, it's hard to describe, you know, it's, it's a feeling of, of, of fear. It's a fear of, of laughter. I mean, it's like every emotion all happening at one time. Uh, when you have that in, you're afraid to, to move because you don't want to, you know, spook him away, but yet you, you know, you got to do certain things and, it makes you very calculated in your moves and things like that. It's, I don't know. It's one of those things when people ask about those skins. The same thing with deer. Anything yeah. else? They say, "Well, what do you feel like when you pull a trigger?" It's like, dude, I, I don't. How how do you describe that? I mean, you just there. I don't know if it's beyond description or not because it's like, well, at first I was freaked out. I was scared. I was shaking, and then I was happy, and then I was freaking out, and then uh, you know, then then I'm exhausted. By the end of, by the time you pull the trigger and you get out there, and get next to it, you're like, I need to go take a nap, man. Now well, we got to drag this thing out of the woods and do all the other hard work.
2: Well, for me, that adrenaline rush always happens right after either the animal leaves or you shoot it. You know that. For I've managed to control that adrenaline up until that point, but man. If, if the shot doesn't happen and the, the deer ends up moving off, then you end up getting that adrenaline shake and just, it's just. I
1: always, I always find it this way. When I first spot what it is I'm looking for, you get that spike, you get that, you yeah. know, and then, then you
5: start talking to yourself. And then you Ooh. start talking to yourself you and realize. you're
1: calming down and you're like, and then you start looking away like, okay, I'm just going to pretend it's not there, calm myself <laughs> down, you know, look back every once in a while, See? glance over and then See, you keep that down until same thing with looking through a scope no, man you just you just got to do it and then afterwards you can you know that's where my bringing up
2: differs probably from yours when i grew up hunting with my dad and two brothers if my dad saw the deer my dad shot the deer. He didn't turn <laughs> around and tell the kids, "Hey, here comes a deer," or yeah, anything. Shh, else.
1: behave! Here he, he goes.
2: He'd shoot it out right out from underneath you, and <laughs> he did that multiple times. You know, and and eventually you learn you a better pay attention. So you learn don't tell him there's something coming. <laughs> exactly. You just, no, and and you a pay attention, and b when the opportunity comes, you capitalize on it. Be because ready. It, it, there's there's not a lot of out. Know,
1: I, I will say that. I have done that where as soon as you see it, scope up, don't think about it, put it on, pull the trigger. You know what I mean? Yep. But there are other times where I think that was only because like this, the one big A point I remember I got in Missouri, he came running, and and I knew as soon as he came crashing through, he was running. It looked like he just got done with a fight. And when he stopped and he looked back over his shoulder to see if the other deer was following him, I knew that he was going to start running again. You could just tell by his body language and everything else. So I knew I I don't have time to watch this guy. I don't have to see where he's going because I know he's getting ready to bolt. If that deer would have come up behind him, it could have possibly have been. I didn't look that far because I was looking at him. (laughs) But it was literally like stop, turn, lift, bang. I mean, it was that quick. Uh, There was no time to think about it. But then there's other times where you see one moseying through or a doe moving through and you're like, okay, I'm going to keep an eye on her. You know, I got plenty of time. She's not in a hurry. We, you know, see if anybody's like following behind her. Yeah. See if there's a big boy, you know, sniffing up behind and all that kind of stuff. So you take your time. It. I just think a lot of it has to do with. And then after that, uh, that original shot where it's, you don't have time for the adrenaline. That comes afterwards where you're like sitting there breathing like a, like you just ran a hundred yards. Yeah. <sighs> oh man, that happened awful quick. All right. He's not moving. He's crashed right there. I think I'm okay. I'll get up and walk over there and see if he's... Yeah, he's right there. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very confusing time in your life when that happens. All right. Speaking of confusion, we're going to confuse you with some commercials right now. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. We'll be back.
5: And welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. Man, the show is winding down. Hour number three, almost complete. What? But before it gets totally complete, let's go to the phones to our good friend, Mr. Paul with Braden introducing.
1: Try hands in a bucket. How you doing this morning, Paul?
4: Hey, I'm alive and well. Yes, sir.
1: That's always a good day when you're above ground. Uh, you know, I for check it every
4: morning. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really? Well, uh,
1: hey, listen. Uh, we we kind of contacted Paul through uh, social media. Because, uh, basically, I, I think I was probably one of the first people to discover the dry hands mena bucket. And then, uh, because it's only been up, uh, I think the video's only been up for a couple of weeks that you guys have, uh, put it up there. And so I shared it on our Facebook page. And, yeah. uh, we had a lot of people who, uh, liked it and a couple people commented on it. We had one little smarmy guy who said, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's wrong with you? Were you afraid to get your hands wet or something like that? And I went, you know what, he probably he's he's probably just mad that he didn't invent it first, Well, I can say this. Yep. Getting your well, hands wet's
5: not a problem. It's just after the fact and whenever that cold air is blowing on them wet fingers, that makes right. life a little bit difficult.
4: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, Uh, uh one, one thing about the bucket, uh when the bait does come out of the bucket, there's this this tiny droplets come with it. You know, it's it's uh it's amazing. Uh, they just comes with their slime and a few drops. But now you can make it pour out if you raise it up too quick. But when it's used correctly, it's a reason they call it one at a time, and it's reason to call it dry hands. So,
1: well, I, I like the fact that, uh, as Glenn pointed out when we first uh, talked to, uh, amongst each other that you were calling here, he said. You know, the days where you have to either chase them around with your hands in there, trying to grab a handful of minnows, or you got your little dip net, and then you're trying to pour one out, and then you drop four, and three of them flip over the side, and all that other stuff right. are ending in the bottom of the boat. Uh, right. Uh, have you
5: ever tried to pick a minnow up in an aluminum john boat? Dude, with it, When they're sticking to the, the metal, and you're trying to pick them up without mashing them? Well, the thing is, if, if, the, if,
1: the, if the aluminum is hot, they like stick to it like a frying pan, and if they're not, if it's wet, then they you know they get like well, they get three net. times as slimy, and you never the pick little them channels
5: up. where there's some water, oh, and then they swim it all yeah. up under the seat and everything else.
1: You'll
4: never get them <laughs> back. Let me let me share share another product that we're about to introduce in late July. It's called the No Touch Mental and Leech Hooker, and you actually dip uh, your mental or leech out with it raise it up, uh, hook your bait, and open it up and take it out, and you never lay a finger on it. Uh, you, you know, know what? Get... Now you're just I making that. it real
2: easy. <laughs> I need
1: that because uh, I never would fish with a, a leech ever in my life because uh-huh. I was always afraid that they would turn back on me and get a hold of my <laughs> finger, and I, I hate those things. They scare the crap well, out of north,
4: me. Up north, uh, the large uh, uh, ribbon and horse leeches, and jumbo leeches—that's yeah. number one walleye, number one walleye bait. Period.
1: Yeah, well, well you can keep it. That's why Braden doesn't fish walleye. <laughs> <laughs> i Come some, on, now. I'll be spear
5: fishing well, for walleye. All I can tell you is that leech will have his hand. It be lip locked on them Uh, big old thumbs of yours uh,
1: (laughs) no man i'll go native american i'll be spearing my my walleye now this bucket if anybody has never seen one before i know I, i i looked on amazon and you'd sold like 63 of them yesterday so congratulations on that but uh this thing here i think once it hits bait shops and people start to see it it's not only a bait Distributing type thing, but it also keeps bait. You have an air radiator attached to it, so uh, your right. bait stays nice and happy and lively. And mm-hmm. I like the fact that you insulated it so that mm-hmm. that water doesn't get all boily hot on them. And then uh, you right. know those minnows, they they die like that if they get too hot. So
4: yeah, what well, what most people don't understand, it's not the heat that kills them; it's the ammonia uh, from their feces, and that that builds up quick after seventy degrees. So if you got too many in the bucket and you don't watch your Watch watch them and actually see how they're acting within an hour or two after you're out on the water, you can be in trouble real quick. And they blame it on the, the bait dealer. Oh he sold me bad bait. Well no, that's not what it is. It's ammonia. It's the what? biggest killer that there is. I mean that's a shrimp are really bad about it.
1: Oh yeah. And, uh, this
4: this is a super shrimp bucket. I oh mean, wow, I didn't
1: even think of that. You could use well, it. Well he got
5: a shrimp bucket too. I was looking at that and I was like, what? Man, yeah. this yeah. covering all the bases.
4: That's a good idea. Yeah, we idea. Uh, actually we have one bucket, but we use three different labels for marketing purposes the shrimp bucket, the eyesight buddy, and one at a time. One at a time works everywhere. And, of course, down there where you guys are, we market it as the shrimp bucket. Actually, uh, there's an outfit in, in Largo, Florida called Jack's Kayaks. Jack's been selling them down there for a couple of years, and he includes them in his uh, kayak fishing packages.
1: Oh, that's a good idea because, I um, yeah, uh, it's hard he loves enough. It. Well, it's small enough to fit into a kayak so it's not going to take up a bunch mm-hmm. of room. It's not like having one of those yeah. Ingel uh, you know, big mm-hmm. giant uh cooler bait type dovers, man, cuz it's only about the size of what? A regular bucket or is it like Yeah, a, a
4: regular bucket uh and uh what's cool about it? It's it's low profile, wide base and, and it's nearly impossible to to accidentally kick or kick this thing over, you know, on a dock or a pier, beach, riverbank, no matter where you sit, it. It's really really stable. And uh, and that's a big feature because you know I've I've kicked a lot of buckets over in my lifetime <laughs> and you're still so uh, alive, <laughs> but but I've not kicked this one over yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, now I got to ask you, where where is this? It's made in America, so uh, right.
4: but... yeah, we're we're in Central Kentucky, Hodgenville, Kentucky. Lincoln's they'd like to say Lincoln Lincoln's birthplace, but I'm not sure about that. <laughs> we got a big national shrine here and everything. Right, uh, everything on the bucket except for the aerator is made right here in Central Kentucky, and the aerator. Uh, We buy them 5000 at a time, and and they come from China because that's the only place we can get them where it keeps the price down. But uh, that's all changing because now Chinese labor is higher and shipping is higher, and so I look for somebody here in the United States to be making our aerators pretty soon. Very cool.
1: So it'll be 100% American-made.
4: 100% American-made.
1: Well, at least we know the money stays here for the most part. But uh, now this one here, what made you think of this? Because... As Glenn and well, I pointed out, you know, the old-fashioned way of, you know, chasing them around in a bucket or in a yes. pail or a
4: cooler. Well, right? I share this with you. My partner and I, I'm 72 and my partner's 71, and we were researching uh, patents for another product that we make. And uh, I seen this bucket. and I said, oh, my gosh, where is this at? So, long story short, we ran it down to the gentleman that invented it and patented it. He was 80 years old. He didn't know what to do with it. And... We uh, we bought everything, lock, stock, and barrel. No uh, kidding. Yeah, that we bought the patents, the modes, and his inventory, even the phone number that's been with it ever since it was invented. So, But uh, we've modified the bucket, uh, a couple of items that's made it even better than it was. And uh, I think we're about through with that. So everybody keeps saying, well, when are you going to make a bigger one? When are you going to make a bigger one? Well... We're looking at him, but uh, these modes are so darn expensive. It it takes five modes to make the bucket. That's about one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of modes. So,
2: hey, ch- tell uh, them to buy two.
1: You, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. small. Yeah. Well, now, I, I'm curious because you know down here in Florida, you know, just about every big boat or bay boat has a, a live well in it. Right. And uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to have one of those, but. Mm-hmm. I know for a kayaker or somebody who has a small boat, or if you're out in a little John right. boat or something, instead of buying one of those big old jobbers and having to poke a hole in the side of your boat and, uh, you know, have a system where it's flushing in and out, you I said know. it works on shrimp, so I just assume you just dip a bunch of salt water out of the bay or whatever and put it in there right. and just bubble it up yep. and it's all good.
4: And it's all good. Uh, I mean, there's so many applications for it. You know, it's it's just amazing. Uh, it was just a stroke of luck that we found it, but uh, it's been a slow process. Uh, we're not in any of the big box stores like Bass Pro or Cabela's or anything like that. Right. Uh, it, because it's a show-and-tell product, and it needs to be there where people buy their bait. Only a guy that buys bait is going to be buying the bucket. The average right. bass fisherman, for instance, you know, unless he's fishing with shiners or something, he's he's not interested in it, but... Man, we sell a world of them to crappie fishermen, our spec fishermen. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I know that you know, and
4: and uh, trout fishermen and stuff like that. They're they're onto it big time in Louisiana, Mississippi, on the coast. So it's growing. It's growing slow, but uh, hey, we're old guys. We live long enough. We'll get our money back. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're doing something right. That's well, for sure. <laughs> you know, but that
1: you know, when you speak about longevity, you know, you said the guy you got the uh, patent and everything from was 80 years old. How long ago? Uh, how long ago did he invent it? Uh, when, uh, and t- didn't two
4: thousand and three? Really? Wow! And he owned a uh, he owned an island uh, up in Canada and had two cabins on it, and that's the reason he patented both in uh, Canada and the United States because he would travel back and forth and he would sell buckets to different places and he lived uh, just north of Indianapolis, about a hundred miles or so, and uh, but he was an avid. Fishermen of both crappie, speck, and and walleye, and but uh, he just he just didn't know how to do it, uh, you know, and not that we know how to do it, but but he had no clue how to do it. But he had an awesome idea. I mean, and, and nobody's tried to copy it because the patent rights are still in place, and 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 it's expensive. Like I said, if you wanted to try to do something like it tomorrow, you'd find out real quick. Yeah.
5: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, I yeah, do, so. I, do, I think it's a wonderful idea. I like the fact that. Uh, basically all you have to do is kind of lift a little lever and uh, out mm-hmm. shoots a little minnow right into your hand and mm-hmm. you're not losing it in the bottom of the boat and uh, you don't have to worry right. about them being in direct sunlight or uh, being right. starved of oxygen. It's, it's a great little invention. But now, how yeah. many how many will these things actually hold? Because I know Glenn has his own little aquarium out back and, uh, <laughs> you know, he anything well, he doesn't say, use. If
4: you're, uh, if you're fishing for specs, you can put five or six dozen in it with no problem. And here's how... Uh, most people are using it that have, you said, the Engel co- cooler, the, their coolers, which are selling a ton of them,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
4: that, uh, they actually use it as their bulk cooler and they take from the bulk and put it in our bucket. And then they set our bucket on top of their bucket and that puts it right at hand level in their boats. Yeah. Well,
1: that's and, uh, what, and that's and what they, I'm saying. Glenn does. He keeps them in an aquarium yeah. out in the back shed with a little aerator <laughs> on there whenever he needs right. them. He just transfer them into the little bucket and then go to town.
4: That's what I do. Right, uh, the guides and the tournament fishermen are really catching on to this. And uh, so we've got another uh, kit, a do-it-yourself do kit that so you can fasten to the bucket that will be out probably in oh, probably July also, that uh, you can you, you do it one hand. You just take one hand, lift the lever up, it goes down into the catch basin, use the same hand to take it out to hook. And that's what the guides and the tournament fishermen want. Well, I they want to hold that rod in their, in their left hand if they're right-handed and and do that in, with one hand instead of two hands. You know the okay. way it is now. You lift it with one hand and catch the bait with the other. That's <laughs> going to change things severely when we when we get that ready <clears throat> to go on the market.
1: Well, that, that I mean that makes a lot of sense, and I, I got to say congratulations on it. I think it's a great product, and I think that, uh, like you said, if you if you put it in a bait shop, there people are going to look at it and go, "What in the world is this thing? Oh my gosh, I got to have one of these things!"
4: But yeah, our most. Uh, the comment we hear most, and I get a lot of emails and a lot of messages on Facebook and stuff at that people that's bought them, is, is they say, "I love my bucket." I, I mean, and that's awesome. When I every time that I, I see that, so we're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now, uh, can they order it? I mean, if they can't get to a bait shop, can they order it straight from
4: you and you ship it out? That kind of thing. Sure, sure can they just go to dryhandsbaitbucket dot com and they can order uh, all three models and as many as they want uh even, even on our site it's free shipping, like everybody else naturally and uh it's three days we ship uh u p s priority three day ground, and so everybody just about anywhere in the country can get them get one in three days so
1: very nice now uh the, of course, the big question how much is one of those bad boys going to cost us
4: they're averaging across the entire country at forty nine ninety five the m s r p is fifty nine ninety five and there are some places up north some of the the um, not huge uh, box stores, but they they have like four or five stores, sporting goods stores. They've been selling them at uh, MSRP at fifty nine ninety five. I guess people heard purchase have more money. That's all, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can think. Uh, well, yeah. the ice fishermen, we know they do. That's a that's a multi billion dollar business every every yeah. year. Yeah. You know,
1: that's uh, crazy. They
4: treat the uh, ice fishing like we tailgate here in kentucky well uh, yeah that's <laughs> the social true social thing
1: yeah especially during basketball season i know you guys are absolutely crazy about them wildcats up there well mr paul uh we we look forward to talking to you again soon if we can and uh yeah, if you sure. want if you want to you could send us a couple of those buckets and we can give them away out at the uh, panfish challenge coming up on june 16th if you, you know
4: want I, i'm i'm the guy to talk to about that hey sure. get his number <laughs> hey, I, used to, I used to manufacture pontoon boats uh, and I have sold the gentleman out there pontoon boats back well, in 2006.
1: Wait, you, some of your pontoon boats are still out at Lake Panasofsky, I'm sure. Because uh, well, Jim,
4: it's possible they're they're a, a small four tube boat, four tube pontoon boat, and, uh, and and only reason we quit making them in 2007 when the economy went to heck. Uh, we still have inventory, uh, you know, raw material and everything, to, and we can go back manufacturing them again tomorrow. But we're not going to do it unless, you know, things stabilize, and then we might get back into it again.
1: Well, Mr. Paul, I want to put you on hold, and we'll get your number, and you can get it to knock, and we'll talk again soon. We appreciate the call, but we got to take a break. We are the Big and okay. Wild Outdoors. Thank we are you. brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors, and Brandon Ford. Stay Andy. with us, you guys. We'll be Hang back. On. That's pretty crazy, how you doing, everybody? Welcome in. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Frank and Gun, Glenn. Come on Bill George. And now on the phone, Eddie.
0: How you doing, Mr. Gun?
1: What are you doing, Eddie? What's going on in your world, man? I'm coming back from Miami.
0: I'm on the homebound stretch. Uh, right here at 60 and uh, County Road. heading back to the warehouse. Hey, but,
2: Eddie. I, I just want to let you know I know you had called in while I wasn't here and asked about that uh, last uh, shotgun challenge, the clay pigeon shoot. And Carlos, once again, lost with his own gun by like six clays.
0: I can't believe my brother from another mother (laughs)
2: lost
1: with his own gun.
2: No, this is the best part is at the end, at the very end, when he realized he wasn't going to win and he was losing. He started doing gangster style. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he reverted back to his old days back up in New York. He,
2: he missed like, a clay, and dang, if he wanted to go to get that clay, he tried it the same one again. <laughs> He's going to go out
1: with some style at least, all right? Okay, that's how it goes. Yeah, it was so funny because. Uh, uh, go
0: ahead. I got something to say about that fellow that uh, called in earlier that you are talking to about the black dagger. Tournament. Yes. There's only two things that uh, is dear to me in my heart is uh, child uh, childhood cancer and and those um, organizations and right and that's the only reason why it's above veterans is because I, my sister died from leukemia when I was nine years old and that always be dear to my heart but right there with it is our veterans. And I, and you get those telephones where people challenge other people about putting in money for people. And that guy said uh, that we could sponsor a room for those veterans, for them to make it easier on them. Well, I'm gonna sponsor a room for one of our veterans for that 150 dollars and I challenge every sportsman and woman in the big and wild outdoor family to do the same thing these men or women whoever they are are heroes they shouldn't have to spend the money of their a dollar of their money to uh, do this tournament and I know I ain't I ain't put it out there very well because I'm a little bit emotional no.
2: You but, put it uh, out perfect.
0: I challenge every one of us out in this family to sponsor a room and uh, let's, not, let's not let these uh, heroes. And that's exactly what they are. They're yeah. heroes.
5: You're absolutely They're right. They're to pay for the room. Yeah, you're, you're right. right. And uh, we have that link up on our Being a Wild page. If anyone is uh, interested in doing that, they can just click on it and it'll take them right to. Uh, all the information they need to do in order to do that, and uh, but you're right. Uh, those are some great, great people who have sacrificed a lot. And people say, "Well, they volunteered for it, yeah." It, but they volunteered. Where were you? And that's the that's really where it boils down to. Everybody has a, a, a destiny in life, and those are the guys and gals that chose to do that. And to give back is just a little bit of what uh, you know. Just a little bit of what we do to give back is nothing. Uh, that's but true. They
0: step forward when others didn't. Yeah, That's right. right. And
5: right. whenever uh, we talked about it, uh, Dave brought it up there with Blackjack uh, Black Dagger, uh, that shoot that they do out there at the uh, gun range in, in Hilltop County. Yeah. Um, we, Braden and I was there one year for that, and it what an experience that was, a humbling to see uh, the men and women that show up to that, that participate and the people that volunteer uh, to make that possible. And uh, it's, it's a humbling experience when you actually see uh, that stuff taking place and to, to see the joy on those people's face to just be able to go out and do that. What and they're spend doing. the
1: day out just messing around with their buddies, you know, making loud noises and, and shooting, uh, you know, pieces of lead at paper. It's it was a yeah. lot of fun. And, you know, you're right. These guys, you know, they sacrificed a lot for us and they did it basically. I mean, if you know what military pay is and what you really leave with, yeah. I mean, it's almost for free. I mean, seriously, when yes, you think sir. about it, just because you get free dental and they'll uh, patch you up if you get hurt. I mean, you still walk away from there with uh, maybe some education or a knowledge or whatever, but, uh, and, a, and a really spiffy uh, dress uniform. But uh, other than that, you're sent out in the world as a civilian and, uh, you know, how do you pay somebody back for that?
0: Um, you can't.
1: No, you can't.
0: But every little bit will help. And that's why I put this challenge out. You really can't, especially the ones that come back. We have a saying in the transportation business and the trucking business. Make sure you you and your equipment come back the same way it left. That way you know you had a safe day. You know, a lot of them men and women, they're not coming back the way they they left. No. And it, it's not just a physical you know, it's the emotional wounds, PSD and all that. You know, some of them will never be the same. So
1: yeah, but you I am but- put out on challenge
0: out to all the sportsmen in our family to uh, step up and uh, do the right thing and don't let any of those soldiers, those heroes, to pay for the rooms. So that's what
1: I'm going to do. Well, good for you. And all you have to do is you can go to, uh, you know, Google it, Black Dagger Military Hunt Club, or you can go to their Facebook page. There's a link right to it there. And uh, you can make that donation. You can, you can uh, put as much as you want in there. It doesn't have to be to pay for a room. It could be for uh, a lot of things. And uh, if the money is uh, not used there, they'll use it for some other thing. They'll take somebody out in the woods. And I will tell you that, you know, what you said, I mean, if you think about the great things that Chris Kyle did before he was taken from us, uh, you know, giving it back and just, as Glenn pointed out, it's amazing the transformation when you get out there and you get outside and you're doing something that's fun and that you love. It it really takes them out of their shell. And that's the whole reason why Dave and his crew do this stuff. It's to get those guys back out there. Get them out there. Show them that life continues and and that there is joy out there that you can go do, whether it be... Uh, turkey hunting, fishing, looking at birds. It doesn't matter. They'll do whatever it is that it takes to get that guy, uh, laughing and smiling again, you know? And, uh, they did great work. They really do. And man, I can't appreciate it enough. I, you know what? I thank you for your call this morning, man, and, uh, putting out that challenge, Eddie. You've always been a great fan of the show and we really appreciate, you know, you coming in and busting on us every once in a while, but now you come in and you've showed a different side and we really do appreciate it.
0: Well, y'all have a blessed weekend. I appreciate the show. You guys entertain me and uh, keep me feeling good and pumped up on my trip back up from Miami every Saturday morning. So I appreciate
1: y'all also. Yeah, well, it's good to have that one listener. It's always awesome. You got more
2: than that. Come on. Keep it between the lines and keep well, the deer out from him. Well,
1: we'll let's see, let's see. We got you. Yeah. We got Jonathan Swindle. we are killing the deer Mulberry this year? <laughs> this, this hey, man. Eddie, have a great weekend, buddy. Okay? Go out and get back home safe good and sir. have some fun this weekend. All right? It's going to be a good weekend. I plan on it. All right, brother man. Go Thank out there you. and have fun. And we'll say hi to Carlos next time we see him for you. <laughs> Whatever. Thank you, my brother. All right, we'll see you, man. Thank you. Be careful. Be safe. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for the calls today. Thank you for everybody who participated and uh, joined in. Uh, never forget that if you missed one of the shows, Bill George and his Infinite Wisdom, he and Knock get together, and they put it up online. You can find the show on iTunes. Tune in on our webpage. Where else?
2: Just about anywhere and everywhere. Just, it's, okay. it's there.
1: Okay, well, we got to go. We'll see you guys next Saturday. We're on The Bigger Wild Outdoors. Thank you, Knock. We'll see you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.